Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Teen Titans. Today, we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 3, titled, Birthmark. Holy shit. This episode is phenomenal. It is magnificent. It is brilliant. It is fantastic. It is a work of art. I love it. So much. It's so good and does an amazing job of kicking off this incredible overarching story for the season. My god. It's so good. I have been waiting. I've been waiting so impatiently to talk about this overarching story of season four. And now it's finally here and I'm so happy and I get to dissect it and it's amazing. It's so wonderful. Okay. Gonna. Gonna try and uh, approach this professionally and not fanboy out too much. I'm gonna fail in like two minutes. I guarantee you. <laughs> so. We start out. We get this incredible opening sequence uh, with Dr. Light. Dr. Light, of course, uh, him, him being not that smart, him being an absolute moron, decides to hit a major target right in front of Titan's tower. And so the Titans show up, they kick his ass immediately, we get this great fight between the Titans and Dr. Light. And then Raven, (laughs) playing off of her little losing control moment all the way back in season one, uh, playing off of her little uh, just brutality of Dr. Light all the way back in season one, just goes like, remember me? And Dr. Light just turns around and is like, I would like to go to jail now. (laughs) which oh my god they like that was a deep cut that was a deep cut for titan's lore and it was so satisfying to see it also plays very perfectly into the start of this story it plays very perfectly into what 
that initial season one episode was and what the overarching story of season four was. Because this very much is the Raven season. Which is great because Raven's my favorite character. Now, think back to that season one episode, Nevermore. Who was the main villain of that episode? Who did the Titans have to throw down with in the third act? And who's the main villain of season four? Mmm. Mmm. Very, very clever bit of poetry on the part of the writers here. But anyway, after this fight, Raven's like, Okay, I'm going home now. (laughs) You guys can get donuts, it's fine. And she proceeds to lock herself in her room. And just stare at the clock. Talking about how she wants this day to be over. She wants this day to be over. She wants this day to be over. And in the midst of this, Raven is taken away from her room. She is pulled away up to ops and discovers to her horror that the Titans have tried to throw her a surprise party. Because apparently, due to Pete... Did I almost say Peace Poi? Why am I stupid? Thanks to Beast Boy's snooping, the Titans have discovered that today, the day Raven's so afraid of, is her birthday. So they try to go all out celebrating Raven's birthday. Happy birthday, Raven. Raven's the best. Raven's amazing. Raven's uh, the person to celebrate right now. Raven is not happy about any of this. She rips into the Titans. Is so mad. Is so pissed off. Is so utterly just disgusted at the idea of having a birthday party. To the point where she blows up everything. And storms out. And Robin goes after her and is like, Hey! What's... What's going on here? What's wrong? And Raven's like, oh, I just don't like parties. And Robin's like, hey, uh, no, it's more than that. And Robin tries to implore Raven, like, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. Uh, why are you afraid of your birthday? Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. And in this conversation, what's very, very interesting is Robin brings up, like, how Raven was inside his mind. And uses this as, like, an, uh... An argument of, like, you've been inside my mind, let me be inside yours. Who were the Titans fighting when Raven was inside Robin's mind? And who makes a grand return in this episode? Um, 
another little bit of poetry. But anyway, Raven's just just brushes Robin off like, no, no, you don't want to be inside my mind. You don't want to know. Trust me. And then she returns back to her room and continues to stare at the clock. And is expressing frustration over the clock not moving fast enough for her. And she decides, okay, okay, okay. I'll meditate. Pass the time. This backfires. Because then... She has a vision. Everything's on fire... She hears this booming voice uh, saying, and I'm going to try to get this quote right, but I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. Uh, What you've concealed is what you shall become. What you've tried to conceal is what you shall become. Another menacing is all hell. Things like that. Which, by the way, We'll talk more about this voice and who it belongs to throughout this season. Holy crap, this villain is amazing. One of the most terrifying villains Teen Titans has ever brought up. Maybe the most terrifying, quite honestly. And you see this symbol in fire. And Raven awakes from this vision screaming. We don't know exactly what this vision was trying to convey. We don't know exactly what this vision was. But whatever it was, we know it meant something to Raven. And to her, it was horrifying. Whatever she doesn't like about her birthday, it's unfolding. And she really doesn't want it to. And then, trouble. They go over to fight some bad guy. They know about an intruder. That's all they know. They don't know who it is. And they're actually joking about who it is. Trying to list all their various villains. And are like, oh, who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? And then, to their horror, they see the one person they hoped to never see again. The one villain they hoped they'd never have to fight again as long as they lived. Slayed. Slade has returned, and for real this time. Notice they made a conceited effort to make sure every single Titan sees Slade at the exact same time. Immediately they are conveying, hey, this isn't another, Robin is, uh, tripping on acid dust or whatever. Like, this isn't another one of that. This isn't uh, the psycho thriller of season three. This is fully, like, this is for real happening. Like, Slade is back. 
Slade is here. Slade is alive somehow. And the Titans have no idea how this is possible. They are in shock. They have no idea what's happening. And then their nightmare scenario gets worse. As if the fact that Slade was back, period, was bad enough. He does things that we hadn't seen Slade do before. He debuts superpowers. He can now shoot fire from his hands. He is now invulnerable. He is basically an all-powerful being. If Slade was dangerous before just based on his cunning, now he is all but impossible to pin down because he is cunning and also uber-powerful. You get the moments of this fight where, like, Cyborg just takes a giant, (laughs) this giant thing and just tries to knock Slade with it. And without even flinching, Slade just, like, cuts it in half with his body. And Cyborg's just like, whoa. And I love the line of, like, whoa, that's it. No clever line. I was looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. Slade's taunts are the best. Slade is the best taunter. Uh, But while he's throwing down with the Titans, in this incredible, incredible action sequence, by the way, uh, while he's throwing down with the Titans, we also see that he has a symbol on his forehead. And to Raven's specific horror, it is the same symbol That Raven saw in flames in her vision. Whatever this symbol means. To Raven we know it is horrifying. To Raven we know it is the stuff of her nightmares. What And it all has to do with something regarding... Her birthday. Whatever is the problem with Raven and her birthday, this symbol is at the center of it. And now, not only have we seen this booming, menacing voice write it out in flames and uh, deliver this prophetic thing of what you concealed is what you shall become, now the Titans' number one bad guy. The one we all thought was gone. The one we all thought we would never see again is brandishing that symbol. As if the nightmare scenario couldn't get any worse. Somehow, this booming apocalyptic voice and Slade and his new superpowers and his mysterious resurrection, it is all connected. By the way, Anyone notice that this action sequence with Slade's initial resurrection is set against the backdrop of rotating gears? 
kind of like Slade's first hideout back in season one. Interesting. Interesting. So while Slade's just throwing down with the Titans, we get Slade sort of taunting Raven a bit, saying that a message has to be delivered. Saying that what you concealed is what you shall become. Delivering these prophetic, apocalyptic visions. And saying some pretty messed up stuff. All of which cuts at Raven's soul. We as the viewer don't understand exactly what this means, but we know what it means to Raven. And that is enough in the moment. And eventually this gets too much... Uh, You see the Titans are about to get squished by a giant gear, uh, and Raven just yells out, stop, and somehow, through some random power inside herself, stops time. And she just takes a second and looks around and is like, what? But, not even this can stop Slade. Slade immediately breaks out of his time prisony deal. And walks towards Raven as if the fact that time itself has frozen is nothing. Saying things like, honestly, did you really think you could avoid it? Did you honestly think it wouldn't happen? We don't know what it is, but it's something that Raven does not want to occur. Raven frees Robin from the time freeze. So Robin starts helping her. The two go on the run from Slade. All the while with Robin imploring her like, hey, tell me what's going on. 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 And the rest of this episode is basically a giant chase. The rest of this episode is basically just Raven and Robin running from a superpowered Slade in this time has been frozen deal. And it's so well done. It's so good. It's such a great little extended chase sequence. In the midst of this, eventually Raven gives Robin the information, the very little information, that when she was born, they looked into the future. To this day. Raven's birthday. And they saw that something would happen. Something bad. That's all the information she gives Robin. And this is why she didn't want to celebrate. 
But of course, just because you have a part, just because you don't have a party, doesn't mean it's not your birthday. Her hiding in her room and rejecting the fact that it was her birthday, it was for nothing. It was stupid. It was a bad idea that never would have worked. It was a foolish attempt to ignore the inevitable. Eventually, Raven gets separated from Robin. And Slade continues to go after her. But eventually, she finds herself at his mercy. Eventually, she is unable to fight him. And the message... This message that Slade has been talking about throughout the entire episode... The message is delivered. And the, the message comes in the form of inscriptions across her entire body. Glowing red. And I love the image of these inscriptions just ravaging Raven. And changing her appearance even. Uh, Her clothes become tatters, and even her hair grows longer, uh, which is a strange but really effective image. And then Slade shows Raven this horrifying, horrifying vision of what the world will become because of something Raven will do. A horrific hellscape. Red skies, oceans of lava, buildings crumbled into nothing, and the titans all turned to stone. Nothing is left. It is all gone. Everything burning, the sun setting on the world, as Slade said. In short, Slade is showing her the end of the world and telling her that it is her doing. That this is all because of her. And we see this giant silhouette of a huge hulking beast. At the center of it all. Yelling out this deep, guttural, horrific yell. And it is the same silhouette. The same figure that we saw. All the way back. In season one. Episode 6, Nevermore. And remember when this figure appeared, Raven said, and I quote, Let's just say I have issues with my father. Table that for now. We'll come back to it in a few episodes' time. 
all of this horrible... Like, it's biblical. It's this biblically apocalyptic hellscape. And it's such a striking image. That's handled so perfectly. It is amazing. It is so well realized. And it's an incredible sequence. And then, of course, Slade is like, okay, the message has been delivered. And by the way, happy birthday. And then drops her, saying they'll be in touch. At this moment, we know this was only the beginning. Whatever is going to happen, it is going to happen soon, and we have not heard the last of it. Time resumes. Robin saves Raven. And then we get this wonderful ending. Where Raven... Allows the Titans to throw her her birthday party. Allows the Titans to, to say, hey, happy birthday. Allows the Titans to put on this celebration. All the while knowing this was just the beginning. This hellscape will come to pass. The end of the world is going to happen. And it will be her fault. So, for now, seat cake. Why the hell not? Meanwhile, we literally go underground to Slade reporting to his new master. The first task has been completed. The inscriptions are in place. The message has been delivered. And all we see of his master is this same fiery symbol. With this same booming voice. This is the villain of the season. This is who Raven is afraid of. And whoever he is, even though we don't quite know exactly at the moment... Whoever he is, he is powerful enough to not only give Slade superpowers, not only resurrect Slade, but also make Slade the baddest bad guy to ever bad. His stooge. He is able to make Slade, the alpha bad guy of this entire series, submissive. He is able to make Slade, of all people, call him master. That alone should terrify you. That alone should be the most bone-chilling prospect. Of all time. And this is just the beginning. This is a five episode arc. That is scattered throughout the entire season. This episode. Another single episode. And a three. Not two. But three part finale. All of it is slowly building. 
and building and building and building to a climax that is perfection. Are you starting to see why this is my favorite season? There's a right answer to that question. And I'm going to shut up. Uh, We don't get to talk more about this until episode 7 of the season. So until then, uh, let this sit and be terrified. (laughs) Be terrified about everything that this episode has given you all the little nuggets of apocalyptic hellscape that this episode gave you because guess what it only gets more horrifying from here if you like this favorite the podcast anchor.fm slash tv archives so that you can be here every single monday through friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer feel free to call in as well it's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app, I'll play those on the show from time to time, if you feel so inclined, to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, Patreon.com slash ThomasClark, pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 4. Talk to you then.